Good morning. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is British summertime. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? And guys, guys, who's going camping next weekend? Good luck with that. <laughs> Secretly, I'm, I'm jealous. I really wish I was going. Not. <laughs> no, I really do. But I will be praying for you. For you from my nice warm bed. <laughs> so, back to this morning. And we're in our second week of our new teaching series, David from the Heart. And for those of you that may have missed last week, I really want to encourage you to listen to the podcast. It sets the theme. It's amazing. I really want to encourage you to listen to it. And Leon kicked off the series, and he did an amazing job. And he explained uh, what the heart really means in biblical terms and what it represents, and that's everything that we are. You may remember the great phrase he used, the condition of the heart will determine the spiritual quality of our life. Wow. It's the heart that God looks at, and it's what he measures us by. And then there's the memory verse from 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. And we're going to say it together. And here we'll see who watched the football on Tuesday, or who did the life group notes on Tuesday. <laughs> so let's say it together. After three. One, two, three. That was terrible. <laughs> to be fair, though, it was much better than the nine. But I still. <laughs> but all I still heard was blah, 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 blah. <laughs> this week, this week, my memory verse is from 1 Corinthians 16, chapter 16, verse 13. And it says this, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. That's powerful. And as I'm speaking on courage this morning, it works for me. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. And as England are going to get knocked out later this evening. That's not popular, is it? I'm Welsh. I'm a wife Scottish, so it means nothing. <laughs> She's... <laughs> So on Tuesday night, you'll have time to remember this memory verse, to learn it, and we'll say it again next week. <laughs> Back to my talk this morning, though, and I want to start with a question. What is courage? What is courage? It's a rhetorical question, so you don't have to shout out there. But what is courage? Courage. Some people think they have it until the time comes when they need it. And some people think they don't have it, but when the time comes... They have it in abundance. And I'd like to think that I fall into that second category. And today, wearing this pink shirt, it shows that. I've got courage. I'm a real man. <laughs> I've even grown a beard. I'd, I'd, I've got a story as well that illustrates the first one. But before I share it, I just want to encourage you. I just want to make sure you all know that it's not a true one. And it starts like this. There's a man, and he's obviously a Christian man. 
And what he does is he trains horses for a living. He's a horse trainer. And he uses two phrases. Uh, to get the horse to gallop, he uses hallelujah. And to get the horse to stop, he uses amen. So it's hallelujah to gallop and amen to stop. And anyway, he's out in a field one day and nothing in sight. So he's teaching the horse to gallop. And he's shouting hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And the horse is galloping. But then all of a sudden, he sees a cliff face approaching. And he loses all courage in what he's taught the horse to do. So he starts praying desperately, fervently for, for God for help. He's like, God, what am I going to do? The horse is approaching this cliff. I don't know what to do. Father, help me. I really need your help. He's desperately praying. And then he doesn't know what to do. But as he finishes his prayer, he says, Amen. And as he opens his eyes, he's there on the cliff face. And it's then he shouts, Hallelujah. So, so what is courage? Mark Twain, Mark Twain, the famous author, puts it like this. Courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not the absence of fear. Courage is the ability to do something while still being fearful. Courage is the ability to confront our fears. And Joyce Mayer, I love Joyce Mayer, can I say? If I wasn't married to Dee, I would marry Joyce Mayer. She's a little bit old, but I'll just carry on. Joyce Mayer puts it like this. Think. Joyce Mayer puts it like this. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. There are times in life when we have to do things afraid. We may be fearful. But as we step out in courage, God promises to meet our needs. And as I look around the room here this morning, I see many people of courage. Some of you I've stood with, and some of you have stood with me. And as I look around, I see giants. I see giants in the faith. And I also see future giants, because you might not be there yet, but one day you will be. You see, Goliath may have been a literal giant, but he was nothing more than a dwarf compared to our almighty living God. And we can take courage from that. That's what David did. And this is how David sees the situation. And you probably all know the story well. It's a familiar one. And we're going to have a look at it again. And it's in 1 Samuel verse chapter 17. And as we look at it, I want you encouraged to read it. But I'm going to tell it from my point of view, as I see it. And it's my prayer that you'd hear something new. But if you don't, it may be that you need to hear something again. That's my get-out clause. <laughs> so David versus Goliath. David versus the giant. But it should have been called David versus the dwarf. <laughs> and as we look at the story, David shouldn't have been the person to fight Goliath. He was only a boy and a shepherd at that. You see, he had no combat or military training. And it's thought that he was only 14 years old when this battle took place. And in today's society, 14-year-olds still have everything done for them. They're woken up in the morning. They get their lift to school, pack lunch prepared for them, kiss on the cheek, wave 
goodbye off and then tucked up in bed at night time. Mom and dad at their beck and call 24-7. Most of you know that. (laughs) Things were different for David though. He was the youngest of eight sons and with seven older brothers, he had no choice but to fend for himself. He may have been just a boy and just a shepherd, but it wasn't these external circumstances that shaped him. It was his inner security that did. His heart for God that did. And that's the reason he went on to become a giant killer and Israel's greatest king that they'd ever had. It's not about age here. It's about maturity. David was young, but he was very mature in his faith. And I want to say this morning, if you're young and if you're waiting for your time to come, I want you to stop because your time is now and God wants to use you now. Remember, it's the heart that God looks at, not your age. And what else? What else was different about David? To answer that, we first look at Saul. King Saul, a warrior and the leader of his army. And he had won numerous battles in the past. Surely he, he was the best placed person to fight Goliath. The Bible tells us that Saul was mighty in stature, that he stood tall and he was known for his personal courage. But then the Bible also tells us that before this battle, Saul had disobeyed God and that he tried to do things in his own strength, that he did do things in his own strength. And it's this, this fact that changes everything. You see, as Saul did things in his own strength, he lost the strength that came from God. The courage he had had left him and that caused him to fear. He became afraid. He knew now, he knew now that he was on his own. And it's a battle he didn't want to face. And this takes me straight back. And it reminds me of what happened right at the beginning of creation. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And they did things in their own strength. And they lost something of God there. They too became afraid. And it's Adam's first response where he's, where, when he's hiding in the garden. When God's looking for him. Adam says he hid because he was afraid. And do you know, do you know what the most repeated verse in the Bible is? The most common phrase or command is? It's don't be afraid. And it's mentioned 366 times in the Bible. That's once for every day of the year. So we don't need to be afraid. So, By doing things in your own strength, it often causes you to lose God's. And how many of us can say we've done that? That we've tried to do things in our own strength. We've left God out of the picture and tried to do it our way. I know I have many times and just last week was another time I did that. And I just want to share a a story here. Some of you know this and some of you have journeyed with me on it. It was at an alpha course right at the beginning of the year. And it started with a dream. It started with a dream. At the end of the alpha course, I went home and couldn't sleep. Uh, And when I did eventually get to sleep, 
I had this amazing dream. And it was of Reinhard Bonnke praying over me, praying over me and empowering me. It was a motivational dream. It was encouraging. I woke up and I was like, wow, I could remember everything. So vivid, so powerful. And then I didn't say anything, didn't say anything to anybody. I just thought it was a dream. And then Dee, you know, Dee is my wife, and she works at CFAN. And throughout the day, I was thinking of that. Is it because of that? Is it coincidental? You know, sometimes how we try and work dreams out. I was thinking that, but never told her about my dream. And then she came home that evening, and she said, Simon, I've got something to run past you. Mark was on the phone uh, to Reinhard this afternoon, and there's this evangelism school happening in June where Reinhard Bonnke will be taking it and commissioning people praying for them at the end of it. I was like, wow, Dee, I had this dream just last night. She went back uh, and told Mark, and and Mark put the application in. There was a process there, but I got accepted. And today, uh, after this service, I was originally supposed to be flying out to Florida to to spend a week with Reinhardt. And I remember getting the the confirmation, the the, the email um, on my phone, Again, it was at an Alpha course, and it was like, yes, I was so happy. God, you've said this. This is true. It's going to happen. But then my giant appeared. My giant struck me and hit me head on. It was then I heard, Simon, you're a criminal. You've been convicted. There's no way you're going to America. And it was like, ow. To the core of who I was, that hurt because I believed I'd hear from God. I'd heard from God. And the evidence was that it was going in that direction. And there was a process that I had to go through. Practically, sometimes we have to do that when we face our giants. You know that, don't you? You can't leave everything to God. You have to have the courage to do something. So I did what I had to. I found out and researched what I needed to do. And I had to go to the the London Embassy, the American Embassy in London, and have an interview. And, And as I got there, The lady in front of me, the American lady, she says, why are you here? And I explained. And she said, because of your conviction, you're banned from America for life. However, I went on to tell my story of what happened in the last eight, nine years. And she said, because of that, I can see this transformation. I'm going to put it forward that you get a waiver visa, that you can go to America for this trip. And I was like, yes. But then she said, The visa application can take up to 20 weeks. And I was going in 14. So a step of faith, and I went way really positive, but at the same time, a bit negative. Um, And then we've been waiting, praying fervently. Uh, And just last week, as the trip was getting closer, supposed to be going today, um, we we got on the phone to America. We we tried to sort things out. We We tried to say, is there anything else we can do? This trip's happening today. Is there anything else we can do to put it in place? We tried everything. We even got on the phone to to Richard Taylor. Many of you may know Richard Taylor who came last week and and he's leading a church called Victory Outreach down in South Wales. We got on the phone to him. He's been in a similar situation. Like, Richard, can you help us? What can we do? Is there any way possible we can make this happen? And then we prayed. After that, he said, I'm sorry, I can't really. It's just a matter for God. So then we prayed. And it was at that moment that God spoke to me. He was like, Simon, what are you doing? I've said this is going to happen. 
This is a dream that I've given to you. This is something that I've spoken. And guys, this is where I really want to encourage you. You may have heard from God. God may have spoken something to you, but the fruition of that hasn't happened yet. I want to encourage you that it will. That it will if you have the courage to believe because what God has spoken will be accomplished. And with me, the trip, there's going to be another one next year. And my name is top of the list. So it's going to happen. I will be meeting Reinhard and Reinhard will be praying over me because that's come from God. So that's just a brief story there. And I hope really you can take that and you can have courage with that. Whatever God's spoken in your life, it will come to pass. Have the courage to believe that. So, so getting back to the story, this is the position Saul finds himself in. He's lost his strength. And also he's lost the strength from God. But David, David is totally different. You see, David's courage came from having strength in God. He trusted in the Lord with all his heart. That may sound familiar because it's in Proverbs 3 verse 5 and it's something that it tells us to do. Trust with your heart in the Lord. And David's courage also grew because of the battles he'd already won. You see, David faced other giants before Goliath. And I want you to see this. Verses 34 and 35 tell us that David had already seen off a lion and a bear. And he recalls these battles to Saul. He tells them of him, of what he'd done. And so often, when we're facing our giants, we forget what we ought to remember. And we remember what we ought to forget. We remember our defeats and we forget our victories. Not so with David. He recalls the victories that God has given him and he places his courage in that. What you need to know here is that David didn't have to fight Goliath. It wasn't his battle, but he chose to. He chose to. David was only there to drop off food for his brothers. But as he arrives there at the battle scene, he sees and hears Goliath taunting the Israelite army. And David took this personally. In fact, it was much more than just an attack on him. It was an attack on the almighty living God he trusted in. And where the Israelites feared, David saw it as an opportunity to put his faith, to put his faith and his courage into action. And when we face giants in our lives, can we say that we see them as an opportunity, as an opportunity to put our faith and courage into action? If I'm honest, if we're honest with ourselves, I can't say that we do that. And actually, we may have the tendency to do what Saul did, and that's to get someone else to fight our battles for us. In fact, Saul offered great wealth and even his daughter's hand in marriage. It's a good way of getting rid of your daughter, isn't it? Handing his daughter's, <laughs> having his daughter's hand in marriage, handing it over to anyone that would fight the battle for him. And it was David that stepped up and chose to do that. But before David could take on Goliath, he had other giants to overcome. And that's often the case, isn't it? When we're in a difficult situation, other things to seem to come and kick us whilst we're down. 
And that's easy for it to let that happen. It's easy for us to be consumed by that because we're caught off guard when we're in that difficult situation. If it's debt, it may start with one bill, but then suddenly others start to arrive on the doorstep. And if it's a health scare, we suddenly start to worry more if we experience other symptoms. And if it's a broken relationship or friendship, it suddenly becomes harder when other people get involved. It could be that at the moment you decide to do something about the giant you're facing, it's a Christian brother or sister that suddenly throws a spanner in the works. Let's look at David and see how he dealt with those suddenlies. Like I've said, it wasn't only Goliath that David faced that day. There were other giants. And first, it was his brother, Eliab. Eliab is David's oldest brother, and he's the one that probably thought that when Samuel entered their house looking for the person that God had chosen, it was him that Samuel was going to anoint. And you may remember Leon talking on that last week. But Eliab then watched as it was David that was chosen. And this could be why in verse 28, when David showed up on the scene and Eliab sees him speaking to, to people, Eliab burned with anger. That's what the Bible says, Eliab burned with anger. He then went on to put David down to remind him of what he was and say that his heart was wicked when in fact it was beating so closely in tune with God's. And people, people may have done this or, or may, people may have done this when you faced something similar and it's called jealousy. And it's how people react when they think they've been overlooked but look how dear David look how David deals with that situation it's amazing verse 29 says this now what have I done can't I even speak he asks then verse 30 I want you to get this this was a revelation to me this is how he dealt with that giant it says he turned away he simply turned away and carried on his conversation with someone else that giant there is defeated straight away. David is saying, this is not my problem, Eliab. It's yours. Goodbye. Giant slayed. Wow. The next giant before Goliath is Saul. And this may have been a bit more intimidating, as after all, Saul is the king and the leader of the army. And David, just a boy. But David doesn't let that stop him. And he, and he has the courage to confront Saul. And Saul, like Eliab, is quick to put David down, immediately focusing on the weaknesses he thinks he sees before him. And to be fair, you can maybe give him that, because David is just a boy. But again, look at David's reaction. He doesn't concentrate on his weaknesses. He concentrates on his strengths. And he tells Saul of the amazing things he's already accomplished. He's already fought a lion. He's already fought a bear. And when people call you, when people call you on what they think your weakness is, you have to let them know what your strengths are. Don't take it. Let them know. You see, we all have strengths. And David, clearly knowing what his were, had the courage to speak up. And after sharing this, his strength so passionately, 
Saul says to David in verse 37, go, go do it then. Go kill this giant and the Lord be with you. That's a a bit of my paraphrase there. But that's what he says. Go do it and let the Lord be with you. So now, finally, David can face the giant Goliath he'd been waiting for. Well, (laughs) not quite yet. Because David had a couple more giants to face first. You see, Saul told David that he could fight, but he wanted it done on his terms. He wrapped his own tunic around him and he put his coat of armor on him. And then he gave him his weapons to fight with. And see, what's happening here is a control element. There's a control element going on. It may be that Saul thinks because he's done this, part of himself goes into battle with David and that he can take some of the credit if this does pay off. And people, people may eventually be for you in the situation that you face, but they may want you to do things their way and ultimately they take control. Guys, this is showing no courage on your part. You have just let someone else fight your battles for you. And God, God doesn't want that. You see, God doesn't give us victory so that we can stop fighting giants. He gives us victory so we can face greater giants. I'll say that again. You see, God doesn't give us victory so that we can stop fighting giants. He gives us victory so that we can face greater giants. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong is our memory verse. But it's also something we have to know. We have to live by, not just remember. (laughs) But again, look what David does here. Look what David does in the story. He takes them off. He sheds them off. He puts them down. He wasn't used to them. And he didn't need them. Because his confidence was in what God had already done in his life. David took his courage from that. Now, finally, David can face Goliath. It's what we're waiting for. It's what we're building up to. Well, still not yet. (laughs) I want to put it to you that there's still one more giant he has to face. And this is possibly the biggest one yet, but it's one the Bible doesn't mention. But I see it clearly. And it's one we can all possibly relate to. And it's the giant that's in his own head. It's the giant of intimidation. That's our major battle when we, fight, when we face giants. When they intimidate us, our mind goes astray. Our thoughts get confused. We forget how to pray and we focus on the odds against us. And we have to remember that we're in a real fight here. We have an enemy who wants to keep us down and defeated. But you see, when we're like that, we're no trouble to Satan. It's the place he wants us at. It's when we're men and women of courage that Satan really starts to worry. And as David steps out onto the battlefield to face Goliath, he also steps out in front of two huge armies, the Israelites and the Philistines. And neither of them really expected him to win. And for me, this is a huge giant that David has to overcome. He's on his own in the middle with thousands of guys thinking, what is he doing? 
I'm bringing it back to the day. It's one that is rife in churches worldwide. And it's one that later says in the Bible, it's why it later says in the Bible that it warns us that the battle is in our minds and that we're to renew that daily. Sometimes, sometimes that's the biggest giant we will ever need to overcome or have courage for, the battle of our minds. There is courage. There is courage all through this story of David and Goliath. Courage which we can take and apply to our life today. The last giant David faced was eventually Goliath. But for me, this was the most comfortable one of them all. You see, David was ready and he was prepared to face that giant. And when we're ready, when we're prepared, when we're secure in who we are in God, that courage is there. It's available to us. The Bible tells us that before David did battle with the giant, that he spoke to the giant. And he told the giant how he was going to defeat him. David told the giant also that the Lord was with him, that he wasn't alone in this battle, that ultimately it was the Lord's and it was that that would hand him over to David. For me, this is the most valuable lesson of the story. Before we face our giants head on, we have to speak to them. We have to declare how we're going to defeat them and then also let them know that we're not alone that the Lord Almighty is with us, and it's ultimately his battle. The Bible then tells us, after speaking to the giant, he then does battle with the giant. And it says that David not only ran, but ran quickly to defeat him. Not only ran, but ran quickly to defeat him. You see, he'd already spoke it out. He declared how the giant would be defeated. He pictured it, and he believed it. The battle was already won because it was won in here. It was won in his mind first. And we have to remember that we're in a spiritual war and speaking to and against our giants in the name of Jesus is vital. That's the only way we're going to overcome them. And I stressed the importance of that earlier. And the actual battle itself, this is what we celebrate and this is what We know the story for, but actually, it wasn't much of one, to be fair. If it was a Sky box office event, a boxing match that you paid a load of money and stayed up in the early hours to watch, you'd be very disappointed. You'd be a bit gutted because it was a one punch and it was all over. You see, it only took one shot, one stone of the five David had to defeat him. The battle itself wasn't the hard part. It's what often comes with it, that is. And notice the difference in the two armies straight away after this moment. The Philistines turned and ran away in fear. And courage was suddenly raised in the Israelites as they ran into battle. And there's a lesson for us there, I believe. You know, as we speak to our giant, as we take control of it in Jesus' name, others flee. We have more courage. Courage raises in us straight away. We have the courage to fight those other giants. There's a lesson there that I want you to take. You need to speak to your giants. And we've looked again at the story of Goliath. And we've seen 
that the courage is everywhere through this story. And I hope you've seen that there's more than one giant in it. There's more than one giant that David has to face. And that's because God doesn't give us victory so that we can stop facing giants. Giants. He gives us victory so that we can face greater ones. And as I ask Luke uh, and the worship team to come back as I draw to a close, there's some things uh, I want you to get. I want you to know. David overcame every giant that he faced in this story. And we can do the same today. We can do the same today in our own life. And we do it by being prepared. You see, David was prepared. He spent time with God. His heart was ready. His heart was for God. He was prepared. We do it by speaking. We have to speak to our giants. And to do that, we do that in the name of Jesus. So we speak by knowing the word of God. And then we do it by trusting, by knowing who you are in God, by knowing who you are in God. So you need to be prepared. You need to do it by speaking and you need to be do it by trusting. And today, whatever your giant is you're facing, you can overcome it. You have the courage available to you to overcome it. It may be a job. It may be a person. It may be a loved one, a child, a relative. It may be one of those that need your help. It may be a relative that is putting you down. It could be a health scare, a relationship breakdown. It could be a debt, an insecurity, a worry, an uncertainty, an uncertainty, a fear. Whatever your giant is, you, like David, are able to overcome it. You also need to know that the battle is not only yours, but the Lord's. He is with you and he wants you to overcome. And now, as we head back into worship, it's about putting God in his rightful place and knowing that God is above all our giants. And in comparison, our giants are a dwarf compared to him. As I was preparing this week, um, I had a picture uh, and it was a picture of a race and that may be familiar with you because that's mentioned in the Bible as well. Paul talks about it. But my picture was a race and it was a hurdle race. Uh, and as I was running, there's hurdles. But each time I was sprinting, I'd face a hurdle. Uh, at the beginning, it was hard. I'd have to really try to get over it. But then as I got into the race, as the hurdles faced, I was sprinting. Uh, and I thought that's a picture uh, for some of us today. We're always going to face hurdles. There's always going to be something that we have to overcome. But as I saw this picture, God was right there on the sidelines, cheering me on, encouraging me, saying, Simon, the finish line is in front. Keep sprinting. Keep getting over those hurdles. And that's what I want you to take home today. You know, you can have courage. You can have courage because of who you are in God. You can speak to your giants. You can defeat your giants because the Lord is with you in battle. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray before we close. Father God, I want to thank you that you have spoken today, that your presence has been here. Father, that we can leave uh, encouraged, full of courage, because Father, it's you that fights the battles. It's you, Father God, that is above every giant that we will ever face. Lord, our giants 
are dwarfs in comparison to who you are. So Father God, I pray for your strength. I pray for your strength in every individual here, every person here. May your courage be imparted, Father God. May your courage be imparted, Father God. May you fill them up, Father God. May they walk out of here head held high because you, the Lord Almighty, is with them. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.